Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm your host Marcus and I'm so excited because I got my homeboy Kristen. Chris, what's your name again? Christian? Christina? Christian. I'll Mr. go by different countries. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show. First time uh, on this one. Hopefully it won't be my last. Hopefully not, but you know, I, I don't run this one, so I can't make those kind of big executive decisions for it. They so. come from on top, eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, today we got a cool story. It's called uh, The Ghosts of Cadia, and it is written by Mist. Um, so yeah, we'll just start reading and then we'll, uh, we'll let you guys listen. So The Ghosts of Cadia, introduction. The ghosts of Cadia were presumed wiped out at the end of the Horus Heresy. All contact was lost after a large space battle above the asteroid Gamma Echo 117 in the Segmentum Obscurus. The asteroid has its own gravity due to the size and sucked the wrecked of ships down onto its surface. The battle was a victory against the Night Lords, but came at a cost. The only surviving ships of the ghost fleet reclamation fleet were the victory class battleship blade of judgment presumed lost with all hands at tempestus indominus quatus serratus 116 the battle barge hand of fate strike cruiser the pride acadia and the heavily damaged romulus class star fort the indominus they established a vacuum tight city and fortress on the planet surface nicknamed bastion last they salvaged the wrecks of the Night Lords and the Ghost Fleet, burying their own dead on Degassi Ridge, named after their Primarch, and ejecting what they couldn't salvage and the bodies of the enemies into orbit, effectively creating an auger-proof barrier. Okay, so already uh, he's naming Primarchs, I guess, that don't exist, so that's fun. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things. I like the overall setup. Uh, let's start with the positive. Um, <laughs> all these ships getting pulled down through an asteroid. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, this chapter did not exist during the Horus Heresy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, even Cadia, it wasn't like a thing back then. It was a completely different place. It was like, a, like this backwater world with like primitives on it, essentially. But. Um, th- there is another cool thing, uh, ejecting what they couldn't salvage and the bodies of their enemies into orbit, <laughs> effectively creating an auger proof barrier. <laughs> is there, is there something where like dead bodies affect psychic or scanning abilities or? Yeah, I guess like, it's just, if you add enough bodies, 
<laughs> just debris. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let, let's carry on and see where this goes. Right. Home planet. The ghosts adopted entire orphanages into their training regimens, turning them into Adeptus Astartes. The chapter was strictly Cadian only in honor of the bloodline of their fallen Primarch, who was Cadian. Bastion last was close to Cadia anyway, so it was even easier. When Cadia fell and the evacuation fleet warp jumped, some ships were thought lost, but the ghosts hunted down every single lost ship and saved them from warp spawn. The Cadians in return joined the chapter as either Space Marines or their Astro Militarum Defense Unit, the last defense. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I'm just going to have to accept that this has, it, it's just made up this one and it doesn't fit the universe and we'll move past it. I, I do wonder if the author maybe isn't totally familiar with this setting, it seems. Yeah, um, it's at least possible. Like the, the history um, of the Horus Heresy and Cadia itself. Because, yeah, like this doesn't make sense in a timeline how it's set up. It could It could be a very cool chapter if it is like, sprung forward a few hundred years uh, yeah. and drop the Primarch and it could yeah. just be like a founding space marine um, yeah exactly um, but yeah like they just it's whatever we accept that it is the way it is uh, the, the other thing is too like some older people like you know people have been in the hobby for a long time we, we used to write a lot of like uh, lost Primarch lore and it was almost acceptable like GW set it up that way so you could kind of insert your stuff. So maybe he's just like a really old 40k fan. I don't mind inserting your own premark. It is tricky. Like it's got to be good, and like not everyone's going to accept your version. Yeah, uh, I don't totally hate it. Although it is something that I would definitely stay away from if given the option. And like you can be founded by a really cool space marine. It doesn't have to be a primark. Yeah, yeah. The stuff with Katie itself just it doesn't it doesn't line up like you were saying. Like Katie wasn't developed the way it's considered now. So like even yeah, it, it just it just doesn't make sense on the timeline. Yeah. Okay. Well, next part. Strength. The chapter is still not at what some may call full strength. They have only four companies, each commanded by a sergeant. At the start of the titles, they have a number which signifies what company they lead. For instance, a first sergeant would command the first company, and so on. The chapter is led by Captain Calican Veins. Okay, that's kind of a cool different way to do it. Um, just, you know, smaller numbers means you don't need 10 captains. You just need kind of some sergeants, I guess. Yeah, and I do like, like, it sounds like it's trying to be militarized, kind of like Cadians, like. More real-world military, less knightly heraldry, which is cool. I can get behind that for sure. Yeah, I can get behind that. Gene Seed. Their Primarch, the long-dead Cade Degassi, died giving his own blessed Gene Seed to keep the chapter living when only the ancient tech priests from the Dark Age of Technology remained during the Horus Heresy. Now, while most chapters don't have female warriors because it is deemed impossible... But for the age-old tech priest on Bastion last, it is not, and the chapter has a fair amount of female Adeptus Astartes. When the chapter ran out of people to make into Adeptus Astartes, the tech priests advised their captain to allow in-chapter breeding to up their numbers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Now I'm wondering if they just wrote this to make us angry. You know what's crazy? Like, I never pre-read these. Like, I literally just open up the next email. What are the chances yeah. that me and you 
read this one together. Like we both hate yes. this like so much already. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You wanna you wanna comment? Or? Yeah. So yeah, they named the Primarch. We're past that, but female warriors, female Astartes. Like why? Why? They, that doesn't happen. That doesn't exist. And then like having tech priests from the dark age of technology, which tech priests wouldn't have existed either from the dark age because the religion of Mars was founded after. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have space Marines now breeding with each other too <laughs> to create space Marine babies, which also don't exist. Yeah. Like and, space Marines are like uh, infertile, um, chemically yeah. castrated. Sterilized. Yeah. And yeah, and then on top of, yeah, like what would that mean to be born? Okay, let's suppose they weren't sterilized. Like a lot of these implants, there's no evidence that they develop. Like it's just, we're in like such untreaded territory. Like a a baby (laughs) born as a space marine also doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, like can that baby, does that baby have the two hearts? Can that baby have like the... Do they need other implants? Are they just mutant freaks? (laughs) Who knows? We're, We're... we are, we're gone. We're in a different galaxy altogether. <laughs> uh, well, we'll carry on. We'll carry on. Skills. Skills. <laughs> An investigative squad responds to distress calls from a drifting Raven Guard strike cruiser and restored enough power to the ship in order for it to make it to the shipyards on Indominus. In return, the Raven Guard captain showed the ghosts how to train the way in the way of the Raven. So the chapter can melt into the shadows. Most in the chapter excel at close and long range combat and are put into sniper, devastator and strike squads in each company. While the ones who have a knock for uh, computer, while the ones who have a knack for computers are transferred to the tech company fourth and made into tech Marines. Each company has one squad of tech Marines and tech priests. The chapter specializes in engineering and crafting their own weapons like the Aurora class bolter. It's more extended and has a long stock. And the chapter uses special Reaper class bolts, upgraded detonation and adamantium tipped. Okay. That's kind of cool with like the tech Marines, uh, like squads of tech Marines. Whole company of tech Marines. Yeah. Uh, He says tech priests as well. So I wonder like, Clearly, the, the tech priests are very involved in this process. Like, they, it almost sounds like they're tech priests that are, like, a part of the chapter, or at least, like, um, working for the chapter on, like, a long-term basis. Yeah, they have a special relationship with the Mechanicum, it sounds like. And also, they also have their own, like, guard regiment, too. So, I'm all these things are, like, special. I maybe would stay away from giving your chapter every special treatment but it is something that's like definitely doable it's not yeah it's not crazy and it is kind of cool especially if you on tabletop play two armies and you want to combine them yeah like yeah yeah and guard um and yeah I'm, I'm totally behind having custom bolts bolter style weapons and rounds i think you know there's lots of different patterns of bolt guns so the extended stock the aura class bolter like totally plausible doable yeah cool definitely name doable. cool idea yeah, Reaper class bolts. I'm yeah. behind it. Um, yeah, because they apparently they they like their long range combat and snipers. So yeah, I guess yeah, you extend the bolt to barrel. You put the little stock so you're a little more supported. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, so, some history, important conflicts. 
The ghosts fought at the fall of Cadia and saved many regiments, then disappeared seemingly without a trace. The ship Blade of Judgment fought and won four battles in the Indomitus Crusade, shortly before the chapter was found and reclaimed. It came to the aid of the losing Imperials and then disappeared. So, and this is like an author's note. I took the blade from White Dwarf issue 453, pages 66 and 67. We're going to have to go and fact check that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my people on it, yeah. The chapter was almost destroyed at Black Reach and Armageddon. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, just some cool little details. Um, it, yeah, it. I don't know how all these details fit. Like, okay, so what happens when you are found and you are found to have female Astartes and you have all these crazy things happening. Maybe you just can't tell they are females and they keep their helmets on, but like, I don't know, man, heresy, you don't get away with heresy in 40K. And breeding space marine babies, like that would be, that would be crazy technology that everyone would need if that was the case, if that existed. Like, yeah, like if space marines could breed, you wouldn't need to abduct children all the time. Exactly. And you could like, theoretically breed your whole army and then also the implications of pregnant space marines now and also <laughs> are you fielding them in combat are they <laughs> Who knows? yeah yeah so many moral questions <laughs> <laughs> do they have to wear terminator armor to allow for their belly for the belly yeah <laughs> do you start having the children engage in combat at a younger age because they're more advanced do you have like an army of eight-year-old soldiers <laughs> these are the questions we need to know toddlers with guns <laughs> okay and, and the last part he's written for us is the indomitus the star fort originally was commanded by Trado, traitor astartes the ghost terminators teleported in to secure the landing zone for the hand of fate the chapter's first company stormed the command spire while the second third and fourth each took a sector and advanced inwards exterminating everything in their way a century later, a Space Hulk designated Sweet Revenge was speeding toward Bastion Last, and the Indominus blocked the Hulk from destroying Bastion Last. The Space Hulk lodged itself in the Barrack District, unleashing a swarm of gene stealers and an exterminatus team of Cadian Shock Troopers and Cadian 501st, who were trying to destroy the Space Hulk from within. When the gene stealers were eradicated, they couldn't remove the Space Hulk, so they made it a part of the Barrack District. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I, I do like that. Uh, quick little references here. He seems to be into a lot of different sci-fi. He's dropping some numbers, like 117 is probably a reference to Master Chief oh, for the okay. first asteroid, and then the 501st is uh, uh, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vader's Fist. So yeah, I think you might be a fan of multiple uh, universes just sneaking Easter eggs in there. I just wanted to point <laughs> out. But yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, like the Star Fort's cool. It's cool that they took it from traders and stuff and like how they took it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I do like having Marine chapters that have kind of like their vassal guards and then they're living with them on there. And then, and this Space Hulk is now kind of lodged in it. Like I can totally picture it. Like, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I do like that, the imagery. Yeah. Um, the Space Hulk was designated Sweet Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah um so overall thoughts on the story like you really have to open up your mind like it doesn't fit 40k at all but there are a lot of cool elements that if you got rid of all the shenanigans are would be cool to hear more of and expand on that 
Yeah. I, he sent us uh, some artwork. I don't know if you want to go over it at all at the bottom there. Oh yeah, I guess we can. Yeah. Just uh, some comments. The chapter symbol, it, it's, it's a pretty cool image of Cadia like split open. Yeah. Um, like it's a circle with a giant, um, I don't know, trench blown into it. Yeah. Cracking open. Uh, it's a very cool symbol. I do really like that. Color scheme is gray and red. And then it looks like they have, for the higher ranks, lieutenant and captains have a blue stripe and blue faceplate. And then it looks like they designate their squads like Devastator and Tactical and Sniper with their own symbols. Tactical is obviously the same. Devastators have like a shell. And I'm not quite sure what the sniper symbol is supposed to be. Yeah, I'm trying to make that one out too. It's done um, in like MS Paint, so <laughs> hard to tell. Yeah. So that's cool. I like designating. I like custom symbols for your squads. Uh, yeah, color scheme looks all right. No, no complaints about the color scheme. Definitely black and red is a tried and tested pattern. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the, the the logo is very cool too for the chapter. Yeah, 110 but, out of 10 for the logo. Absolutely. But, but then like, once again, it just doesn't fit. Like if these guys were a, a one of the Primarchs legions, they're like, like Cadia would not have been destroyed. Theory. Yeah. Like they would have adopted that symbol after. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and offer a total rewrite for your chapter. Um, <laughs> make them founded after the destruction of Cadia. And the recruits are drawn from Cadian survivors if you really need that Cadian link. Yeah. And that would explain their chapter logo. That would explain their name. And I like the name. Like, Ghost of Cadia sounds very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, how they just, like, they, there must be some type of uh, warp kind of interference with them because they're able to, like, disappear almost. Um, maybe they just, like, physically disappeared. Like, they just got up and left and not like disappeared into the warp yeah but, like batman uh, disappeared like, yeah <laughs> but like who knows like if they're on cadia and like that black star fortress like smashes into it and like unleashes this whole warp rift across the entire galaxy maybe their gene seed somehow did get infected or contaminated with like some type of warp fuckery you know they're talking like almost legion of the damned kind of yeah. thing going on except for cadia yeah yeah, I, I'm less into the supernatural, but it definitely could add like a mystery. Maybe they do. Maybe maybe you leave it up in the air and like maybe they are supernaturally involved or maybe, yeah, they're just very stealthy and they just like don't like to talk. They just do their thing and they get out and don't leave much of a trace. Yeah. And then people are just left wondering like, what was, did that happen? Is that real? <laughs> or, was yeah. it our imagination? But yeah, I definitely would give this one a serious work over. There's elements that are definitely very cool um that you'd keep but i definitely rework a good chunk of it yeah yeah hey but either way thank you so much for uh sending it in and i hope we didn't hurt your feelings too much by shitting on your lore um <laughs> <laughs> hey if you guys want me to shit on your lore send it to lorehammer podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah well christian thank you for uh joining me um what what are the chances that we read this one together man <laughs> jeez this had to be that way i want you to pre-screen the next one so i don't go to bed angry yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well i apologize for doing that to you no. I, yeah there's elements of this i do really like i almost kind of started writing it in my head the minute i saw their logo and heard their name yeah I was like, oh yeah I, I know where this is going and i was yeah. Surprise! But it didn't go that way. Then it went to Space Marines, fucking female Space Marines. And you're like, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. How, how, how did how did we end up here? <laughs>
Cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and thank you, Christian, and see you all on the next episode of Lorehammer Listener Lores. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.